0: Good morning. I want to say a happy Father's Day uh, to all the, the dads and granddads, and all the men in our church. We're so thankful for you. We are. Uh, it's a special day. We want to let you know because it is Father's Day, and as is our tradition, uh, we want to let you know we have given. We're going to get a gift at the end of the service today. Um, that tells you that we have donated in your all the men uh, in your honor um, on behalf of what you have done for us at College Park. All the children as prayer partners, as Sunday school teachers, as mission leaders, as bus drivers. Uh, we want we have donated in your honor uh, to the mentoring project. Mentoring project is an organization uh, that helps fatherless uh, uh, children and teenagers uh, um, prov- find. Uh, men in their life that become mentor to them, mentors to them. So we, we want you to know we're thankful for you, and uh, on your behalf we have given money to an organization that continues to do that same kind of work. So we want to say happy Father's Day. So thank you for being a part of, of worship today. A couple of things we want to say. First off, we'd like to find out who is in worship this morning. Uh, the way that we do that, there are pew pads on the inside aisle of every pew. We invite members and guests uh, take that pew pad. Uh, write your name down. Give us contact information if you choose. Send it down so everybody has a chance to fill it out on your pew. Uh, we do ask, uh, once it comes to that last person, uh, if you could send it back to where it uh, began this morning. And uh, We do ask that first person, when it comes to you, uh, please tear out the pages uh, that were used today, and our ushers will collect those at the end of the service. Thank you for that. Reminder of a couple of things that are happening in the life of our church. Uh, it's a very, very busy time. Uh, It is summer. Many things are going on. Reminder to our kids: we are having children's time uh, right after the first hymn. Make note of that. Also, uh, our camps have begun. Preschool day camp started last Thursday. Uh, It will happen uh, for six Thursdays this summer. Uh, That that camp is open for all preschoolers. That's uh, infant through uh, kindergartners are welcome to come be a part of that. Uh, Also, we have sports camp this week. Is for our elementary kids. Uh, That is for first through sixth grade. Uh, That will be Monday through Thursday. uh, Sports camp here in the gym. It will be from 9 until 1 o'clock. You can still register for that as well. Uh, Register for all of those on our website. Uh, It's easy to get to. Uh, Just go to atthepark.ws for Winston-Salem. Or you can go to our College Park website. It will link you straight over. Uh, So uh, all of those things, including our youth are going deep sea fishing and then. Uh, other things are happening lots going on so we're looking forward to a great summer many things are listed there in your bulletin including our our summer series our picnic at the park uh, begins this coming wednesday uh, bring your own bag supper at six uh, the bible study will be at six thirty. 30 uh, the staff will be uh, sharing their favorite psalms uh, this this summer and devotional thoughts from their favorite psalms in the scripture so we're looking forward to a great time together I think that's it. Any other? We're good. I think we're good. Monday morning Bible study is starting tomorrow morning. uh, A new one on Judges. Start at 10 o'clock. So we hope that you're you're welcome to come and be a part of that. I want to say a special welcome to our guests this morning. You've already given us your information on the pew pad. We're very thankful for that. Uh, We'd like to give something to you. Uh, If you are a guest, just raise your hand right where you are. Uh, The ushers are coming down the aisles now. They're going to find you and give you a packet of information. Uh, Inside this packet uh, is a letter from our pastor welcoming you to our church. Also a newsletter that tells you what's going on in the life of our congregation. And a little bit of the history of College Park. So thank you so much for being a part of worship this day. Father's Day. can be a bittersweet day uh, for those who have lost fathers or had difficult relationships with family members and and, uh, I I read this morning on Facebook of my my cousin who lost his dad to cancer and I lost my dad to cancer several years ago and, and I was just reminded of even what really great men do is teach us that even on the difficult days, how to keep moving. Even on the tough days, when you want to cry and give up, you keep moving. Because we have a God that we serve that doesn't stop moving with us. Our God walks with us. That is good news, that we have a Savior who endured the cross. It's good news That he didn't leave us where we are in our sin, in our brokenness. That our dad loved us enough to send his son so that we may be restored to our heavenly father. That is good news. And we're thankful for the men in our life who reflect that day in and day out. We have a great God that we, we need to worship with everything we have this morning. Let us prepare to do just that. Father, we come to you on this beautiful morning that you have given to us, this gift of life that you have reminded us of this morning. We thank you. You are the creator, God. Our heavenly father who sent us your son to remind us of your love, to show your love. And you have given us, your Holy Spirit, your presence in this world, your presence in our lives. So, Father, we are so thankful for the reminder of the gift of life this morning. May we take this gift, this breath, right now, to lift you up. Come into this worship, we pray. Speak through the vessels that you have chosen this morning. Through prayer, through song, through scripture, through spoken word. May you be lifted up in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name.
1: This I want to welcome all of the children and uh, any the other children left, come on down and we'll get started. I don't think there's anybody else coming. Good morning. Is everybody happy to be here? Come on, show it. Tell me, get lively. Say yes. Does anybody know what today is? Sunday. Yes. Good job. Good job. Sunday. What's so special about this Sunday? <laughs> father's Day. Yes, it's the day we celebrate all the special men in our lives, whether they be fathers, uncles, grandfathers, you know, really older brothers, you know, not too much older, but you know, really <laughs> older. So can anybody name, can you give me an, what's some of the things that your fathers, grandfathers, or uncles do for you that's very special to you? Anybody answer? Drive you to school? I know something else your dad does for you that's very special. On Tuesday mornings, what do you get to do? Prayer breakfast and you get boba biscuits. Yes, that's really special. Does anybody, who can name, who is our Heavenly Father? Well, you're on it today, brother. God. Can anybody name some special things that God has done for us to show his love for us? Died on the cross, uh, gave us food to eat. What? You can tell, huh? Lots of food to eat. He's really he really loves me, you know. <laughs> you know. How about gave us all those special men in our life that we're celebrating today? He'd done that for us. Uh, what's some of the things you can do to show God you love him and all the other special men in your life that you love them? What can you do for that? Take your dad to Bowberry give him Bowberry Biscuits it, when you're older. Oh, okay. You, when, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of ways that we can show love to our fathers, and I'm sure we'll uh, realize those today. and we'll. Uh, so, let's everybody bow your heads and we'll pray. Lord, thank you for giving us all these special men in our life and being the perfect example for these men to show their love. Amen.
2: Before we enter into our time of prayer together, just like to let you know that we lost one of our saints uh, last night. Except she's not lost; we know exactly where she is. Miss Dolores Brown uh, passed away at Salem Town Healthcare, and uh, she has been loved on and treasured by you through the years, so especially her Sunday school class. And many of you visited her there during the last couple of weeks, and she was basically walked. To heaven by her family, by her friends, and all the people at Salem Town that she had come to love and to know and treasure. So we will have her service here. I mean, excuse me, here at Salem Town next Sunday at four o'clock. So that's at Salem Town at the Saul, which is their their uh, auditorium for worship. So anyway, we want to be sure that you knew about that. Also, uh, I joined the ranks with Jeff uh, several years ago, lost my father to cancer. Uh, Also, and many of you have also lost your dad. So we do want to remember those who carry that memory and that influence of our fathers in our hearts every day. Let's pray together. Lord, today we, we thank you for all of our aging adults who not only bless us, while we have them here on earth with us in our presence, but also bless us from heaven as they pray for us, for we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And we thank you that we will be blessed yet again by them when they welcome us into heaven. So we thank you, God, for each and every one that has been a part of this fellowship that now awaits all of our arrival. And Lord, today we give thanks for our fathers, our earthly fathers through whom you shine and express your love. The fathers who have held us and guided us and given us wisdom and laughed with us and provided for us. And for for all of those who have lost their father from this earth into heaven, we lift all of these up in in the grief that is deep, perhaps, because perhaps it was a long time ago or perhaps more recent, but just to minister to those in their grief on this day, that poignant feeling of, of the wonderful memories and lessons and even the hard times, perhaps, but but just knowing that uh, we have that possibility of, of seeing them again. And, and Lord, for all of the fathers here today, th- those who have, have children of any age, We ask that you continue to give them wisdom and guide them as they guide their children. We ask that you remind them of the honor and the privilege of being a father. And, Father, that you just give them all they need, just bless them in their role as being a dad and a good role model. Father, most of all today we thank you for being our heavenly father. For those arms that will never drop us. For that love that envelops us each moment of every day. For a patient God who waits for us to turn to you and then rushes to us with arms open wide. For a God who forgives us our sins because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being willing to be a suffering Father by giving your Son that we might live. And experience you in all your fullness. And even a greater fullness when we see you face to face. Lord bless this congregation. And bless the families represented here today. In thy name we pray. Amen.
3: Father's Day. Speaking from personal experience, I lost my father before I became one, and even though I didn't get the practical, everyday advice, tips, tricks, things to do, I do have one thing from my dad, and that was his example. Some of you remember him. It's only been 40 years since he passed. Only. It's hard to believe. But those of you that remember him, I remember his example. I remember his ways. I remember his temperament. His patience. His uh Not getting too bent out of shape about things. Very calm. And he's best known in this church as being a two-year-old Sunday school teacher. And I followed in my father's footsteps. I taught two-year-old Sunday school for a while. There are lots of father figures that we can emulate, not only from our own father, but from the fathers that are in this church. And I know, because I have been influenced by a whole lot of them. I have been loved, hugged, pat on the back, kicked in the rear end when I needed it. (laughs) That's what dads do. And there's a lot of men, my fathers, that I respect and love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, on this special day for dads, we are grateful. influences by so many great men, not only our own biological or physical fathers, but our spiritual father in heaven, his son Jesus, and the men in this church that I have grown to lean on, listen to, accept their sage advice. Lord, we're out of time. We come to this part of the service and we give back a portion of what we have received. Lord, take them, use them. May they be used for your will. It's in thy name we pray.
4: day you're supposed to return that thank you thank you tough crowd tough crowd (laughs) happy a little over a month ago uh, we were here in this same place and we were celebrating yes we were and we were talking about how grateful we were for the role that they had played in our lives you remember that do you remember the title of the sermon Okay, good, good. Look, look at the, t- the title of today's. Extrapolate. <laughs> Moms that matter, good. Okay, we got there. It took, it's like pulling teeth here, people. <laughs> Moms that mattered. Moms that mattered. And since then, life has happened. Life happens to us. And in the hustle of everyday life, sometimes we just forget to pause <clears throat> and give thanks for the sacrifices made by our parents for our good, don't we? We do. Sometimes we just, we get too busy for our own good. And yes, in a group this size, we also recognize that there are probably some who did not have fathers or mothers that they want to exemplify. Maybe they were not positive role models. and We understand that. We understand that. We get that. You may not have positive feelings about your parents but as Kent has already alluded to in a congregation like this there are multiple men and women that bless our lives amen? amen. they really do and, th- and that's one of the, the greatest things and, and I, you know Jesus had that plan when he instituted the church because he knew that there would be days when we would need another older man for us to kind of pour ourselves out to Or another more wise lady to pour ourselves out to. And so he gave us that. So even though we may have mixed emotions about our earthly fathers, hopefully today we can gain consensus about the unconditional love and the unconditional acceptance that our Heavenly Father shows for us and give him the praise and the glory. That's what we've been doing today. We've been here to worship, to give God praise and glory that he deserves. And while we're learning more about him, there are definitely a couple preaching points for how we as earthly fathers can do a better job of loving and disciplining slash discipling, same word, disciplining slash discipling our children. So I want to read for you today one of the best models for being a dad that matters. How do you be a dad that matters? It's in Luke chapter 15, and I know you've heard it. If you've been in church in any time at all, you've heard this story, but try to hear it with fresh ears. And Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and he set out for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Notice it doesn't define that a whole lot. Wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that part of the story in a minute. (laughs) And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring on his, put a, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fatten, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, catch the twist. A little drama builds now. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. Now, but when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Exclamation point. It's there. <laughs> My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother, knows what the father does, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This brother of yours, not my, my other son, not any other, this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and now he's found. Now since we've, we've all heard this story multiple times, there's a kind of a temptation to get ahead of yourself. Probably even as I was reading it, If you weren't following along, your mind was already skipping ahead, right? You know the story. You're skipping ahead on this thing. You're the kid in class that read ahead, okay? It's all right. Embrace that. Go with that. So you're skipping ahead, but when you do that, sometimes you miss some of the little nuances in the story. First one that, that I want to point out has nothing to do with the text, but if you look in your Bible, those of you who have your Bible with you, or you can look at the Pew Bible, it probably has it in there too. In, in my NIV translation, it has headings for for the verses. For example, in chapter 15, the beginning of the chapter, verses 1 through 7, it says the parable of the lost sheep as a heading, right? Does your Bible have something like that? Okay. Then, then verses 8 through 10, it has a heading as the parable of the lost coin. Yeah. Parable of the lost coin or something similar to that. And then the verses we just read is the parable of the lost, which of course is verified there, it capped off in verse 32 when he talks about this brother of yours was lost and now he's found. He's back. He's back home. Now I understand, I understand that, that Luke apparently grouped these parables together to, to make a point about the concept of lostness. I get that. I had that in class. Doctor Talbert drilled that home in us. You know, here, here's how Luke put his stories together so that you understood. It. It's, you know, it's this parable about this parable about this parable, and it builds upon itself. It's a teaching point. I got that. I actually even went back and read it in the book that we helped him edit and write and all of that. It's still there, and and I get that. I understand that. We've been trained. We've been conditioned to think about the, the perspective of the lost son. But today is Father's Day, so I want us to look at the story from a little bit different perspective, more from the Father's eyes. See this whole thing from the Father's eyes. And if I were going to put a heading on these verses, as the Bible translators feel the liberty to do, if I were going to put a heading on there, instead of the parable of the lost son, I would put the amazing grace of a father. Do you like that? Would you go with me on that? We could put the parable of the lost son in parentheses if you want. If That makes you feel better. But, I, but, but in, in thinking about the father's perspective, let's review the story. He's got two boys. Loves them both dearly. And in effect, the younger son comes to him and says, Dad, I kind of wish you were dead. And I want my inheritance now. You're really cramping my style I want my money now. You see, I could go into all the the cultural and social mores that support what I just said, but for the sake of time, I won't. But trust me, when I tell you that, for the first century reader, that's what that would have sounded like. When a son has the nerve to come to his father and say, hey, I want my inheritance now. Translation, you're cramping my style. I wish you weren't here. They would have gotten that. I want us to get that. But the father, full of grace, no doubt brokenhearted, granted the request and off the little brat went to blow it all on bad decisions and terrible friends and a lifestyle that flew completely in the face of everything that his father had raised him to honor. It was a prodigal lifestyle. And, and for those that we sometimes need to bring ourselves back to understand, prodigal means excessive doesn't necessarily mean disobedient. It means excessive, an excessive lifestyle, speaking to the terrible waste and total lack of stewardship of what God had granted to this boy and his family. I couldn't help but think about this as I was looking through the sermon first of the week, trying to put some pieces together on it at Sam's on Tuesday, I walked out and there was two ladies walking out beside me. I heard one lady turn to the other lady. Evidently, they've been inside looking uh, for items. And, and one lady said to the other, she says, you know, our house looks like Toys or Us threw up in the living room. <laughs> and that just that just formed such an image in my mind. I just, going through the parking lot, kind of shaking my head. But I wondered at the time, was that a statement of remorse or was it kind of bragging, or was it just being funny? And and I wondered, I really did. Did she change her path, or was it just, ha-ha, you know? Stewardship. There's another little interesting tidbit in this story, that is the fact that the younger son left home before expressing his total moral collapse. Uh, verse 13 terms it wild living. And and as I was reading some stuff this, this week on kind of things that are going on within our culture. It's becoming more and more acceptable, if you will, for younger generations to hang around like boomerang children. Are you familiar with that term, boomerang children? Okay, it's becoming more and more popular for the younger generation to kind of hang out in their hometown and just kind of publicly destroy their reputation. Uh, It's what sociologists and others have recognized as a lack of shame, which can be directly linked to the failure to recognize absolutes in terms of what is right and what is wrong. Because if right is whatever you want to make it, then there's no need or even any room for shame. And they go on to write, that is the slope that America is sliding down because we have not learned from history. We've got all this, and we don't learn from it. So do you think it was easier then, given the circumstances, that the boy went away? Or would it have been easier if he stayed at home? If, if, if he's away, the father can't see what's going on. And, and if you're not a father, you would think, well, that would almost be a relief. Well, no, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. Because then the dad has to wonder. Wonder, when is he going to take one step too far? not knowing whether he's, he's honoring his heritage and his, his parents or not knowing if he's still alive or not. They didn't have cell phones back then. He didn't know. No idea. And as our story goes, that wild living landed, landed the boy in perhaps the most disgraceful place that a Jewish boy could end up, feeding yuck, yeah, feeding pigs, Kind of the ultimate unclean animal, physically and spiritually speaking. Starving to death. Verse 16 again. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. He's starving. Feeding the pigs. Quite a disgrace. Quite a disgrace. I find it interesting Because I've seen it happen time and time and time again. That God sometimes puts our families in the middle of the things that we as dads, we as parents, despise the most. The things that we are not sure that we can forgive. Maybe he does that to to test the extent of our willingness to forgive. And the contrast to that image of not sure if we can forgive is this father in this story, isn't it? This father in this story, full of grace. Sometimes we just have to keep believing that our keep believing in our children, even when they give us compound evidence not to. We still believe in them. Claiming Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child. Yes. This now, is Proverbs 22, 6 a parenting principle or is it a promise? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's both. So the boy does come to his senses. He comes to his senses. And he heads home to be treated as a hireling. Because scripture tells us, but, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him as was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. He saw him coming from a long way off, which means what? He was watching for him. <laughs> he was expecting him. He was looking forward to him coming home. He was looking, expecting, watching and when he saw him coming, he did something that was, would have been seen as perhaps disgraceful to many people. Here this elderly man pulls up his robe. He had to to run. And he runs to meet his son. That would have been seen as quite undignified. But yet he does. So filled with compassion and joy. He runs to his son. And then when he, when, he, when he gets to his son, he grabs him. He grabs him. Now, why? You say, well, to hug him. Well, yes, that's part of it. But I think the other part of it is the appropriate posture for that son going back to his father would have been what? Right there, buddy. Right at his feet, man. That's right. And and by grabbing his son and hugging his son, the father, in effect, kept him from bowing and instead hugged him. And after his son's confession, the father restored him into relationship. See, the son confesses, I've done wrong, I've done wrong. I, I stress that because I believe it's a vital step in the process of restoration. Even grace requires repentance and confession before a relationship can be fully restored. And then grace kicks in in this story and they place a robe on him and a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And I know you've probably, a lot has been written about the individual symbolism of these three things. But as a group, I want you to understand that they represent physical, emotional, and spiritual restoration of that relationship. No greater grace could have been extended by the father it's not possible no greater grace and then the story continues in verse 33 and the father told his son because you've been faithfully returned to home i now give you yet another third of the family wealth for you to use as you please no (laughs) that's not there there is no verse 33 that's not what the father did and for good reason but see just that very fact should have really chilled out the old brother but he is so consumed by the material aspect and his own lack of respect for his father that he misses the lesson the father has to come back and reassure him at the end of the story your brother your brother And through the last part of this story, I believe Jesus is teaching us a vital lesson about material possessions and the good stewardship of such things. Obviously, the younger son didn't quite get that whole stewardship concept until his wealth was lost. And yet, and yet, having lost everything, he learns that the relationship with his father is far more important than stuff, popularity, selfishness yes he will have to live with the consequences of past bad decisions but he's going to get to live on in the beauty of a relationship that will continue to help him grow and as the story ends the older brother obviously has his own hang-ups even though he still has the security of the family fortune jesus is teaching us relationship over earthly treasure. An investment in the eternal versus an obsession with the temporary. What do we choose? That's the issue that's at stake. And and the Father's grace highlights these concepts and questions quite clearly for us. Relationship. So to be a dad that matters, as the title reads, to be a dad that matters matters. We must help our family focus on the eternal, not the temporary. And the part that's eternal is the relationship. And we have to model this for them. Men, we have to model this for them. There's a little plaque that's in our living room. I see it as I go out every morning. And it's a Native American proverb that says, Prepare the child for the path, not the path for the child. You see, it'd be a whole lot easier to manipulate circumstances. That's not, that's not what God desires for us. He desires for us to prepare the child for the path. It's also interesting that the lesson doesn't end with our parable. If you read on the very next verse, not the one I fabricated a minute ago, but the actual next verse, remember they didn't write chapter books, okay? (laughs) They wrote books. The very next verse is chapter 1 of what, verse 1 of what we call chapter 16. It says, Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. See, the lesson continues as we read through Luke. The lesson continues. You see, and dads that matter learn from these lessons. And they pass them on all the while understanding. And get this, understanding that every child must learn for themselves. And that process may test our own ability to extend the kind of grace that the Heavenly Father has extended to us. And I don't know about you, but apart from the privilege of prayer, I'm not sure how we do that. Even as much as we lean on one another, and that's good, I don't discount that. But apart from the ability to go to the Heavenly Father and pour yourself out to Him, I don't know how we do this thing called parenting. I don't know how we do this thing called church. And to remind us of that fact, I called two of our our sons, our boys, Jeremy and Ward, and I asked them to close this time with a song entitled The Prayer. After they finish the song, we'll have just a moment of quiet silence and then I'll extend an invitation and we'll sing our invitation hymn.
5: we'll be safe. I pray we will find your light and hold it in our heart when stars go out each night Let this be our prayer, when shadows fill our day, lead us
6: to a place,
5: guide us with your grace, give us faith so we'll be safe. Above. We hope each soul will find another soul to love. Let this be our prayer. Let this be our prayer. Just like every child, just like every child to find a place. Guide us with your grace. Give us faith so we'll be saved.
4: you a chance to respond to worship, to respond to the fellowship of one another and the fellowship with the Spirit, and in just a moment we're going to stand and sing. We'll sing a hymn of invitation, uh, but it is an opportunity for you to pour yourself out to the Father if you have not already done so, um, and allow Him to minister to you, to point out the parts of your life that, that don't match up with His expectations for you to confess those to him and and feel the the grace and the mercy that restores your relationship with him as you confess those things if you're not a believer I I definitely would like to talk with you today Uh, I'll be here at the front and be glad to talk with you about that or if you have specific prayer needs that you'd like to share with me that's great if you just want to come and pray here at the altar that's fine too or certainly wherever you're standing if you're a hearing you say i'd like to be a member of this church i highly recommend it there are many ways that we receive members i'll be glad to talk with you about that but i think number one priority is just make sure the nature of your relationship with the father is what it needs to be today would you stand and sing with me Thank you for being here in worship today. Channels, thank you for your leadership in worship today. Ward, Jeremy, thank you. Our musicians, uh, I hope that it's been a time that, that touches your heart and blesses you. And after the benediction response, I encourage you to turn to one another and bless each other. Let's do that. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious Father, thank you for this day. A time to worship you and give thanks for who you are and how you pour out your grace and mercy to us, even while we are in our sin. Father, we pray that as you call us back, we would be faithful. Be faithful to return to a a relationship with you that helps us to grow, and, and in doing so, we become more like Christ. And as we become more like Christ, the world sees Christ in us and desires that deeply for themselves. God, pray that we'd be faithful in our calling. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray.